Good evening, and welcome to the Movie Crew Podcast. And tonight, we're going to talk about this freaky-ass film from Alfred Hitchcock called Vertigo. You have no trouble. Me, Fifth Element. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, Jared Gallen. How you doing, Brian? I am fabulous, sir. And with us, returning again, Kristen Jones. Hello, hello. Hey, Kristen. Liking the glasses. Looking good. <laughs> Thank you. I think she's wearing them because of that lady in this movie that has the glasses, you know? His, like, who Midge? is that lady? You guys... Midge? Right? Isn't that Midge? Yeah, yeah. You guys are going to have to explain so much of this movie to me because I just watched it today and I'm a little like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm excited to learn. I'm to excited know. to talk about it because I read a bunch <laughs> of analysis about it and I was like, no, these are all wrong. So really? I'm really curious to know what you Ooh. guys think. <laughs> well, have you seen this before, Kristen? No, this is my first time. This is your, this is your first time? Both of you guys? Uh, this is like... Yeah. Uh, Hitchcock's like babies. considered his masterpiece. Just like uh, jumped up on like uh, what is it, the AFI's uh, top Bro. whatever list and all these polls. This is like the best movie ever made. You know me though, Citizen Kane. You know, if somebody's like, "Bro, you gotta see this movie," I'm probably never gonna watch it. Uh, you know, it's, it's like God, The Godfather. You know, like I'll yeah, get around, I'll, I, I'll get around a, to it. There's a lot of classic movies that I haven't seen because I feel like they're overhyped, and so I'm just totally. not gonna waste my time because it's probably not gonna be very good. And eventually we'll get to it on the podcast and I'll right. watch it anyways. So it's just kind of, <laughs> I don't have to search for movies anymore. They kind of come to me. <laughs> movies fund me. I don't fund them these days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm kind of to that level in my uh, movie-dom. <laughs> man. Uh, man, this is going to be interesting uh, to talk about. You guys had, had never seen this before. Man, I, I don't know what I thought about this the first time I saw it. I didn't really care much for it, but it is a, it's a film that's really grown like over the years on me and it's the one Hitchcock film that I just, I can't get the visuals out of my head. Yeah. I loved it. I mean, I initially had like very much a, what the fuck was that you know, <laughs> sort of reaction, but generally I love it. I think, I do think it's actually probably my favorite Hitchcock movie at this point. Oh, wow. Oh, 
be fair, I love all of them. So really? that's not saying much. <laughs> because I I struggled with the first half of this movie and then once it kind of gets going, it's it's kind of hard to stop watching and then that last like 20 minutes where you're just trying to g- gather what's going on and then how it just kind of abruptly ends, you're just you're just left with this like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. uh, which 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 made me really like it. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I found the the beginning a little hard for some reason. What just him, you know, driving around, following her? Yeah, it just kind of felt slow to me. Uh, uh, but I was I was having trouble paying attention. But I, I think that's my modern brain trying to watch an older film. I can see that. It's hard it's hard, hard to slow it down. But I did enjoy. Okay, so when when did this one fall? What year is this? Because I'm trying to figure out his shooting style stuff. So this is where does this one fall? So this where does is this one fall in the ones that we've seen already? Right in between. Before. For the birds, it's after rear window. Okay, because it's after rear window. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 totally. Okay, so but I really like the driving stuff. I think it cuts really clean. It, it actually cuts cleaner than the way it did in um, the birds. You talking about know, the mats versus location? That kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. And I think I think it, I think it plays really well in this. And there's even some really cool stuff when he like pulls up in the car, and then you get some like coverage while they're on location. But when they drive, it's 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 in the car, and I think it matches really well. It's when he's like doing all his crazy stalking, um, very out in the open stalking. Yeah, I well, I think initially, and like now, I understand that like she knew he was following. I think she knew that he was following her, but at the yeah. time, I was yeah, like, he's a mark, yeah. really close. Like, yeah. how did she not know that this guy is following her? I was very concerned. I just think that's how movies used to be. They, you know, it, it, it's it's a little blatant. They're they're telling a story. You know, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to. You know, that suspension of disbelief type thing. I don't know, man. I, I think like Hitchcock goes out of the way in the graveyard scene. Like she is like right up in his face, like feet yeah. away, and it's like, yeah. just turn, just turn, and she never does. <laughs> yeah, I was actually expecting him to say hello in the graveyard because that's how close they were. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, hey, have you been following me? I could have sworn I saw you back at that flower shop. Well, even just like a terrible like, oh, hey, you come to see these graves too? Like I was like expecting some sort of dialogue. There. Something. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a huge chunk of the movie like that that first day where he's following her and there's there's just nothing but score and a little bit of sound effects, but not even that much sound effects. The movie kind of plays like a silent film at times where it's just all all in looks and especially the uh, the over exaggerated reactions, like you know, when he like wakes up out of that crazy ass dream and he sits up and he's wide eyed, you know, it's kind of like, <clears throat> you know, um, a little hammy, but you know, a little theatrical, but but it plays because it's a, it's all a little over the top, anyways. Oh yeah, I think this is probably like of the, the films that we've watched um, this month. I think this is the one that's most stylized. It's it's just got yeah insane. I mean, there's an animated sequence in the middle of his nightmare. <laughs> It's just like, what the fuck is happening right now? Is this? Did He's this guy take balls. acid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, here, uh, have some lithium. Uh, calm down. It's everything's gonna be fine. We know she died. <laughs> she was the love of his life, man. What? <laughs> right, Kristen. That's what I'm saying. Like after, I counted the days. Fucking four days. And one of the, hey, the first day, he was just following her around. Love grabs you quick, Brian, and when you when, <laughs> when you, it just like wraps around you and. Carry, carries you upstairs and wants to throw you off a, off a roof, you know? <laughs> yeah, I guess. It's usually how my love stories go. So. Hey, same here. Same here. <laughs> it's tragic. 
We, you know, we've talked about the uh, Hitchcock's use and um, Edith Head's use of of red and green. green. This film takes it to an extreme that I don't really even know what these colors mean in this film. Uh, I have no idea. Do you, you okay. guys got anything? When, when when we found out that that the chick was actually the real chick, when when they gave that away, uh, there was a ton of green. They like you know even her apartment is enveloped in green. Um, the hallways, yeah, and her whole apartment building were green. Her car yeah, is green. green. All oh, of yeah, it. that's right. Her car's green. Which I thought was really interesting because if we're going to go off of my previous theory that, you know, green is a symbol of, like, when they're, go they're going to, like, uh, make some sort of gesture of love or something, uh, it plays slightly opposite because it's um, Scotty is going to find Judy to be like, I love you because you look like my dead person. <laughs> um, it's just green all around him. He's not wearing green. So it's like similar right. but different. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, maybe that's what it is. Maybe this movie's like what I guess they're calling love in this film. These characters are calling love. It's just so fucking weird. Okay. I have a theory on that. But hold on because uh, I want to also talk about um, Madeline in the first half of the movie contrasted with Judy and Midge because the colors and the costumes are so different for all of them, all of them as well. So Madeline or who we think is Madeline wears these, like she wears, I mean, obviously the gray suit in so right. much of it. Uh, so cool. And the rest, I think she's wearing like black and white and she has like one green shawl, but that's it. She's not really wearing a lot of color and it's, interesting because it has this air of drama it has this air of mystery it also washes her out and she looks awful and <laughs> well it does i think it's really it's actually interesting because she's like portraying this person who wants to like kill her who's about to kill herself right and she just looks so sickly and haunted and i don't know i think that i honestly think that's been on purpose um, especially when you look at how Judy is dressed and how you look at Midge is dressed and they're wearing such warm, vibrant, warm, warm colors. They look alive and Madeline just doesn't. And the suit is also super stiff. I looked it up and apparently oh, yeah. Ken, the actress was like, I don't want to wear gray and I don't want to wear a suit. And Hitchcock was like, great, you're going to be in a gray suit. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was like, they argued, apparently it was like a thing that they went back and forth on and ultimately I think it plays really well because Kim is so uncomfortable and she's quoted as saying that, that was like the most uncomfortable suit she's ever worn and so it works really well because she's supposed to be this very uncomfortable person who is you know trying to kill themselves so right also do we want to talk I don't think this is love at all I have my own theories on this I don't think that's what's happening at all I'm very curious but I, I would like to say I went in with the intention for this movie to not hate Jimmy Stewart so I'm going to be very like I'm not going to rail against him like I did in <laughs> why not that's what this is about let's hear it <laughs> Well, okay. I mean, I might, I might get there. I might get there, okay. but I swear, okay, I good. sat down and I was like, I'm going to like Jimmy Stewart in this movie. I have a feeling. <laughs> and I mean, you, and then you know how it happens. So you know what happens. Well, well, yeah, I mean, there's there's some mixed emotions. I think, I think there are times where you like him, but then like when when he starts trying to make her like the other girl and he's so like, and you're, it's just so crazy. I, I oh, knew yeah. 
As soon yeah. as he was like, no, I need this particular gray suit, I was like, oh, he's going to kill her. <laughs> yeah, dude, I thought the same thing. I thought he was going to drag her up there and like throw her off, and he's like, you know, I, I needed to be here. I think that was his intention. Right? Honestly, I think that's why she jumped was because she was like, I'm going to take my chances. <laughs> <laughs> He does he does turn into the villain at the end of the movie. He's the scary one. Oh, no. I think he's kind of scary throughout the whole thing. I was watching, and it's so interesting. It's so interesting because he has this, I'm a nice guy. I'm a police detective. I have vertigo. And, you know, you're kind of like <laughs> so bad for him. And then, and so like he said, the first time he saves Madeline, right? And she falls into the bay or river, whatever they have out there in San Francisco, the bay, I guess. She the falls bay. into the bay. It's the, bay area. <laughs> the San Francisco Bay. He falls into the bay and he takes her back to what his apartment and undresses her. And I understand that he's so do this. creepy. No, he does not need to do this. So, this hold is on, so hold weird. On, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If, if the bay is cold, which I'm assuming it is, she can't stay yeah. in wet clothes, she'll get hypothermia. Right. However, yeah, so you take her to the hospital, right? That's what okay, a normal, fine, fine. sane, rational, non creepy fucker would do. <laughs> However, we'll pretend fine. He took her. Okay, all right, fine. However, the point is, he undresses her and then he just stands there and watches her. And he's like, oh, hey, like he's oh, trying to have a conversation hi. with her while she's naked. <laughs> and like, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, this is not going to end well. This is not. Here, take my robe. Have some brandy. Or would you prefer coffee? I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, if, if you don't want the alcohol, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to take advantage of you. Don't oh. mind the romantic fireplace. And like later, she comes by to give him a thank you note. And he like walks right up and is like hey and like the thing though the thing though is that the whole time if you look at her body language like during that scene the second scene where they're interacting she has her arms crossed she's like trying to get away from him yeah, like i understand repulsed. the words coming out of her mouth were nice but her body language the whole time is like please get away from me and so this is my working theory that no one on the internet that i found has is that no she doesn't love him it's one of those things that people do when they're in trouble and they just like mirror and they'll say whatever they want so they can get away and and i don't think it's love but i think she tells him she loves him because she's terrifying <laughs> well i don't know because I guess that's her excuse for staying with him, though, when she's like Judy at the end, you know, so. Yeah. OK, so her first instinct when he found her was to pack her bags and run away, which also tells me she is scared of him. And then she's like, well, well she's maybe. a criminal there, though, at that point, like she's an accessory to murder. So, well, you know. All right. That's debatable <laughs> in court. OK, we're not <laughs> That's the entire at the end of the movie. That's the entire time I was thinking, like, wait, what happened to the bad guy? So he just got off scot free. Like, your oh, only yeah. witness yeah, no is doubt. fucking yeah. dead, right? Right. He got away with it. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. So that was one of the things actually that I saw was that like at the end, it's he's supposed to be a good guy again because he has now overcome the shock and he can walk again and he doesn't have vertigo. And I was like, but he just like murdered. Like he's a psycho like what are you talking he, he hasn't redeemed himself what are you talking about and this is why i'm upset with at least the articles that google suggested that i read because no none of that's true at all <laughs> yeah no i think he's a very like he's a sympathetic character in the beginning but then as the movie goes on he just gets he's so obsessive 
and just like I want to bring back uh, I want to recreate this fucking dead woman I, I lost and I, I just I need this person and it's just it's so creepy like he only knew her for four days and like he just gets out He's and so sees her everywhere and yeah you know I was gonna mention this too um, and I think it's interesting because doesn't she say she's like 25 or 26 and then she's pretty young um, yeah which is important in a second because I mean I've encountered guys like this who think that they're in love with you and they've never actually had a conversation with you and the really creepy, scary thing about them is that they act, there's, it's a whole act and they act, again, because they think they're in love with you. They act like they're in love with you, like he does with Madeline. And then as soon as you start to be like, actually, like you say something and or you do something and it doesn't jive with their sense of reality, like that's when as a woman, and I, I don't know, I'm sure women can do this to men too, but like, um, that is when, <laughs> that's when it gets dangerous because you have not only, it's not like you're like, it's not like he doesn't like you anymore. It's that you killed his fantasy and it gets very, very dangerous. And that's why as soon as he started like dressing her and changing her hair, I was like, oh no, no, <laughs> Serial no. killer shit, yeah. Yeah, but she, I mean, she's so weird though. Like she's, she, I don't know, she stays and she wants it and- Oh, it just agrees to so much of it. This is called a cycle of abuse. And also... <laughs> well, most cycle of abuses do not start with murder, though. Well, I don't know. I, I thought the biggest sign that there was a big red flag is that she was drawing her lips on bigger like a, like a clown <laughs> with, with her... Uh, wait, we did told, you notice that? Wait, with her lipstick? No, no. Yeah, with her lipstick. When, when she's she, getting when she, made up? She, no, no, no. When she moved into that new character... With the darker hair, if you look, her lipstick, her, her her lipstick is drawn beyond her actual lips, and it, to make that like mouth, and it, it's really noticeable in the close up. And then when they uh, put her into the original, like the gray suit, her her lipstick goes down to just her lips, hmm. like it, it's real thin. But like they did it, they did it real big and like over, like over exaggerated. Like and her eyebrows are way huge and over exaggerated yeah. when she's this other character. It's kind of weird. I think they were trying to show, like, the difference between the Madeline and the Judy character. Um, I also noted, like, Judy, I don't, I didn't notice every scene, but in her first scene where she's meeting Jimmy Stewart in the, uh, the hotel room, she's not wearing yeah. a bra. Yeah, but she's not wearing a bra And it's just like, whoa. You know, I mean, she looks a little bit more hippie, more like, rex. free love, you know. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm in San Francisco. I moved away from Kansas. Yeah, baby. Whereas, yeah, I'm going to draw my mouth real big. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> I don't know, like, Madeline looks more, like, uh, proper, rich, 51. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Madeline w was married to that guy, and so the the original Madeline, who was originally murdered, was, was like, this rich, proper woman, because she was the mistress, right? Like, and so it would make sense that, you know, if you have an older wife, who's married to a rich man that she would look more like Madeline in terms of her clothing and her style. I don't think his original wife was like 25, 26, however she old she was. Yeah. They don't, they, you don't even see a picture of his original wife in the movie. It's just, I, I guess you don't need to, it's about Jimmy Stewart's POV, but <laughs> you know, you're just mostly seeing Kim, Kim Novak in that part. How, how interesting is it that they kind of introduce his character kind of the same way as we do in uh, Rear Window? Like, like he's kind of, he's injured. He's sitting mm -hmm. down. Like that first scene where we sit down and, and they he's talking about how he's, you know, just getting over this, wearing this girdle and all that. It just felt real reminiscent of him having an ailment, I guess, you know, 
walking with a cane and all that. I don't know. I, I just felt like a to the previous film. Maybe it's because we just watched them so. No, so I think recently. so. I I got that as well. Yeah, I man, every time you see him and he's like he's talking about having a girdle on or or what is it a corset? <laughs> that's what he's wearing. He's wearing a corset. Oh, right? that's right. Well, I'm sorry, I said girdle. Yeah, yeah. he says corset. And, he, yeah. and he's got a cane and. It, I don't, the previous scene is the rooftop chase, and he's hanging on the edge of a roof. Like, he's literally, like, fucking yeah, got yeah, his yeah. hands on the gutter. And the right. scene fades to black there after this policeman fell. And then it's just like, oh, I'm injured. And it's like, wait a minute, were you hanging on there the entire time? Or did you fall on the dead cop and he kind of broke your fall? Like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, yeah, you don't really know. Um, like, because why, if he fell, why didn't he die? He, he doesn't seem to be too broken up. Maybe he hurt yeah. himself making the jumps and falling. Maybe he sprained something. Um, maybe he was able to pull himself up. I don't, I don't know. They didn't explain that. Yeah, I had a question about his vertigo because there's such a big to-do about how he can't like get on a stool and he can't climb these stairs at the bell tower. But every a place he went to was on like not just the second floor, but like had yeah. these amazing views of San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, how'd you get up there? <laughs> like, how are you looking out that window right now? I think he, I think he was all right. As long as, you know, he wasn't looking down at the window. Down. Yeah. Cause he, he was yeah, okay cause... on the stool until he saw out the window on top of the stool. And then he's like, Oh my God. Thought it was really funny. The court scene where they're like, they just like rip into him and they're like, we, it would have been nice. Like, I know you have vertigo, but it would have been nice if you had gone and tried to save her like a little bit instead of just letting her run up there and fall and die. Yeah. They were pretty brutal in that scene, but, but uh, I think that, I think that's good. I think that's, uh, I think that's, that's Hitchcock playing with you a little bit because it's so uncomfortable watching someone get berated like that or, or get you know, bashed so you kind of have a slight sympathy with him but you're already kind of like loathing him too so it's kind of like you get like a weird emotion there i think i think it kind of fucks with the audience and you don't know what the husband is thinking that hired him like it's oh like, yeah oh, is this yeah. guy like fucking pissed at him or is he okay with the situation and it's really hard to get a read on him because he's just fucking like stone face you know what i thought was so weird was okay i mean look if i'm a rich dude and i'm killing my wife <laughs> I'm gonna keep the mistress. Like, why is she no longer the mistress? He just yeah, that was weird. Oh, they to, they to set it up that? at the top. Uh, like, it, she fell in love with Jimmy Stewart, and like, it just it didn't work out. Oh, like, they she couldn't let go. They started their fling and everything, and Jimmy Stewart's like, right. oh wait, did he just fucking pay you off and give you some money and that necklace? Yeah, and no, yeah, like, I, no, I I did it for you, Jimmy Stewart. I I love you. Okay, you know what? If a crazy person has me on the top of a bell tower, I'm going to tell them that I'm in love with them, too. I don't buy any of that. <laughs> hey, man. Get out of the situation and then deal with it. <laughs> well, I mean, again, like that scene where she's writing the note, uh, a lot of people criticize that scene because, you know, it gives away, I guess, the whole yeah, ending. Yeah, but... I thought about that too, and I was like, "Well, you know, because it's." I was like, "Damn, why, why did they give this away?" But I started thinking about it. It plays into the Hitchcock way of he wants to build the suspense. He, you know, that that kind of like sets up more of her character. I think more so, you are getting more out of her character in the scenes than than if we just let it run. You see what I'm saying? Like, like we're actually we're kind of in on it a little bit. So it kind of I think it puts you more into the scene because you're trying to see how things are going to play out based on the information that you know. 
Yeah, I yeah. I think it, I liked that scene a lot. I think it shows where her head is at, which is she's terrified and she wants to leave, but she's like, well, maybe I can control this and maybe this is a good thing. And maybe, maybe, right. maybe she's like not trusting herself really because she's trusting Jimmy Stewart, who's crazy. And so, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's a great scene. It shows that she, yeah, isn't mature enough to deal with somebody <laughs> like that. <laughs> Nuns stay out of the bell towers. Okay, but also, can we talk for a for a second about Midge and because <laughs> she's a little Midge. crazy too? Well, I don't know. I, I she's painting. just she's a little jealous. You know, that I wouldn't call painting, that crazy. That I liked Midge until she did that painting. What was she trying to say with that painting, girl? What we need to like? Don't you have friends? Like I don't. Understand. What What was she trying to do? Was she trying to be like look? I, I, could, I could be her. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm here. I'm available. And then he yeah. says this really interesting line. I think he's like, I don't want to. I don't want to live that movie today or play that movie today. No, he's walking out he say? and says he doesn't. He, uh, she, she asked him in the beginning of the scene if if he if she makes him a steak dinner, they'll go watch a movie. Yeah, exactly. And what what was his line though? Uh, I, I, something like uh, I think we'll catch. Uh, I don't want to catch that movie tonight or something. Okay, cool. But it, it, for some reason, that's that. I was, I thought he was being a, really clever with how that scene played out. I was like, is he trying to make an allusion to this scene, feeling like a movie? I don't know. I, I got a little weird in my head for a minute. But uh, she, she's a damn good artist. I think it looks good. <laughs> I, 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 I think it was kind of like it was a hell of a stab. You know, <laughs> there, there's better ways to do that because you know you you spent a lot of time doing that, so you had a lot of time to think about it. That was kind of a fucked up situation. Cause she's like, eh, you want to see it? You know, like, you know, like kind of leaning, like, go, go look at this painting. <laughs> I think it's weird it where is. we leave her character in that hospital. I, I think that's so bizarre that that's the last time you see her in the film. No, I like that. I think that's really good because for me, at least <laughs> she realizes that he's crazy and she's like, I can't help him. <laughs> he's in the mental hospital. I need okay. to move on with my life. <laughs> She, it's, it's when she goes and visits him and he's just kind of catatonic state mm -hmm. and talks to him. Yeah, I was just trying to remember the scene. Yeah. yeah. And she's got that great line with the doctor. She's like, you know, I, she lo he loved that girl that died. And then he's like, I, I think, she, think he still does. Mozart's not going to help. Yeah, yeah Mozart's not going to help. <laughs> no, that's, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, th I think that's, that's a solid send off. That, that that's not it's not like we just left her like after the scene where she like you know grabs her hair and has a has a meltdown and calls herself man stupid. i don't know i i would i would almost like to i i would almost like to just see her they don't need a scene together but i i'd almost like midge to see scotty with the made up you know like judy all made up like evelyn or not evelyn what's her name uh madeline 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 i i would that, that would be i don't know that would just be something interesting that in the movie because she goes around and she spies on him earlier well I, well I don't know if she's spying on him she's going to like drop something off or see him late at night i was i was always curious because they were engaged but she was the one who called it off and they don't really talk about that but she's clearly yeah. in love with him still yeah and he makes some uh some joke about like oh yeah i'm just the dude in waiting <laughs> reliable <laughs> reliable number dose over here <laughs> when your first plans don't work out i'm i'm right here just let me know it's like damn J jimmy stewart you are not romantic at all bro like where did you learn these pickup <laughs> lines dear god 
Hey, man. For some reason, he can still get these women, though. <laughs> and even when he's talking to Jody, he's like, hey, uh, you know, like, I, I want to see you tomorrow. Come on, let, 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 let's go out. And she's like, oh, it's because you remind me of that dead girl? He's like, yes. Is that all? Yes. Oh. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this just this movie does nothing for her self worth. Man, it just makes it. It's just that, that it's just so cringy. It's just like wow. Oh. Hey, but you know, it, also, <laughs> it happens. You know, there are people who who are could be into that. You know, it, it, it's just that. Tell tell me who you want me to be. We call those damaged people. And... <laughs> I just thought that was a kink, you know? That's just like, it's like a fetish. Oh, it's like... I mean, hold on. There's like a fetish. You can dress up however you want. I don't care. Role play. That's fine. But like, not like 24-7. <laughs> Become who I want you to be. You know, it's like, it's, like, it's like a girl who gets into a relationship. You hear of that. And she's like, um, I'll change him. Yeah, no, you can't change nobody. <laughs> unless, unless, unless by force. <laughs> unless by, I'm going to grab you by the shoulders and drag you up these stairs and we're going to have a talk. <laughs> no, honestly, like, I feel like everyone, any, anyone who's like, who has that mindset of I'm going to change him or I'm going to change her. I just feel like you need to like watch a couple of Hitchcock movies. And yeah, no like, doubt. This is why, no, this is why we don't do that. Okay. It never works. You never, you never like, you, can, you can't make any, you can't cha- make anybody do anything unless you, unless you have a genie or uh, Alfred Hitchcock on your side. So. Oh, but the genies never work out. They never grant your wish the way you want. I don't know, man. You got you to gotta make, make friends with the genie. That's why Aladdin really kind of worked out. He's like, ah, I get it. I got to be friends with this dude. I'll let the slave that's, that's go really, at, the, at the end. That's yeah, what I use my that, third wish for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you, you got to see, you got to see, you know, like, oh, this dude, he just really wants love. He just really wants friends. So be, be the genie's friend and you get the reward. Be kind. Rewind. <laughs> uh, uh, well, guys, I think we're going to take a break here. We're going to play the trailer for Never have a friend, never have a friend like me. Vertigo. <laughs> and we'll be back. Vertigo. A feeling of dizziness. A swimming in the head. Figuratively, a state in which all things seem to be engulfed in a whirlpool of terror. As created by Alfred Hitchcock in the story that gives new meaning to the word suspense. A beautiful girl haunted by the desperate, unexplainable urge to destroy herself. A man possessed by the paralyzing vertigo that made him afraid of high places. Easy now. I know, I know. Ah, I look up, I look down. I look up, I look... What was the strange attraction that brought these two together in spite of the dark forces that tore them apart? The specter from the past that drew her to the ancient headstone in the mission graveyard. The compulsion that drove her relentlessly to the point of no return. The story of a love so powerful it broke down all barriers between past and present, between life and death, between the golden girl in the dark tower and the tawdry redhead that he tried to remake in her image. I let you change me. Will that do it? If I do what you tell me, will you love me? Yes. 
right, then I'll do it. They don't care anymore about me. That was the trailer for Vertigo, Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo, where they kind of give away that Kim Novak played two roles. Yeah, it's kind of weird. You know, I liked that. I Okay, so again, I didn't know anything about this, and I've never seen it before. And I was r- actually really excited. I thought it was just like one of those strange coincidences because you know, sometimes people look like other people. And I was like, I'm really like, <laughs> first of all, I was excited for like a pos- ghost possession kind of story, which didn't happen. And then I was excited to see like him work out his feelings for like somebody else. And, you know, I thought there was going to be some sort of autonomy at the end of this and that didn't happen either. So I, I enjoy where Hitchcock went with it, but I just, I was not <laughs> expecting any of it. It's just weird that they would put Judy in the trailer. It, that's I would have held yeah. that back personally. You know, no like it, yeah. it's such like everyone always talks about like it's the last half of the movie, but really, like when the Judy character comes in, it there's only like forty minutes of film left. Right, not a lot. I don't know. I would I, w- I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, it's kind of giving it away. But I think they were just they were trying to you know there's a lot going on in this movie. But it also reminded me of uh, his scene where he like faints when he's on top of the uh, stool. He kind of looks like Marlon Brando as he falls. What? Go <laughs> go back and watch that scene and look at his face. He he puts on a Brando face as he falls as he kind of as he kind of faints. Oh man! I, okay, so I'm assuming you're not talking about young Marlon Brando there. <laughs> no, not at all. All right, fair enough. <laughs> I guess I can see it. We do need to talk about this is the first movie that used a Zolly or a Dolly Zoom or whatever you want to call it. Or a push pull. <laughs> or a trombone shot. Oh, here we go. <laughs> or a pull push. What else we got? It's it's when you move the camera and zoom at the same time. It's the Jaws shot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Jaws kind of took this and because jaws is a little bit cooler it's not like just doing a vertigo effect it's like oh i'm you know like it's, it's that scene where chief brody is actually looking for the shark and he keeps thinking he sees a shark attack and then when the shark does attack they do that zolly in on his face and it's a realization moment here it's the, just create the vertigo effect yeah no doubt but uh it, it's a really cool effect here because they're doing it whilst looking down it makes me wonder how they did it is this is the set on its side? Oh, uh, yeah. They built a model of the uh, the bell tower, right? And yeah, they just because apparently, like, it was going to cost like some ridiculous amount of money, like twenty thousand or twenty five thousand dollars to do it for real. Yeah, because they yeah because you know, they had to counterbalance the camera and everything. That's what I was wondering it, how they did it. Yeah, because it the camera frame. was so huge. So I mean, the the way it works is you you push the you push the camera forward. And you zoom out, or you put you pull the camera back and you zoom in. So it works both ways. And and then what it does is is the actual on, on a camera lens when you actually zoom in when you go into a longer lens when you get tighter. What it does is, is it, it compresses the background, uh, so the background feels like it's closer to you. And so, but when you zoom out, that feels like the background's either going to go away from your subject or go towards your subject so it's kind of it's kind of a cool effect even they even do it in lord of the rings like when they when the uh, ring wraiths oh yeah are coming by and they, they do it really cool there it kind of like it feels like the the path in the forest kind of widens and and then you kind of like you know you have this like motion 
in a frame that's not really moving, which is kind of cool. Oh, dude, that that one's super awesome, dude. Because you, yeah, you get the the leaves that blow up. And yeah, and the a- leaves the leaves are swirling, and it's a little bit slow motion, and there's kind of yeah that 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 one is a really cool way to use it. I mean, it, it's kind of a flashy shot, and it kind of stands out. But that one in that film was a little more subtle, which I like it. I think it's kind of neat. Yeah, it's definitely a dramatic shot. It calls attention to itself for sure. I did a, uh, a fake one one time uh, in post. I'll actually send it to you as in a music video. Uh, if you look up the uh, music video one? on... Yeah, I'll tell you how I did it. Um, so if you look up the music video on YouTube, it's called Choking on Reality. And there's a scene where uh, there's a guy doing some blow in a, in a uh, bathroom in a, in a bar. And when he leans up, he, he kind of leans up against a door. And so I actually... Uh, had the camera on him and I just kind of leaned backwards and pulled myself backwards. And then in post I blew the image up. So, so like, you know, so recreated it digitally and with camera movement, it, it kind of does sell. I'll send it to you. Does it? Yeah, it, it does. It doesn't sound like it would, but because like you're not doing it actually in the lens, you're just you're doing a piece of it there, right in camera, and then so so, so the the camera's pushing one way, and then or uh, the camera's pulling back, and then uh, the uh, image is blowing up as it does it. So it kind of yes, okay, all right, I'll yeah, show it to you. Yeah, kinds of topical things in post. I'm sure. You yeah, yeah, know. it's pretty cool. <laughs> I I love the special effects in this, and I am assuming it's the shot because. I, I'm not sure, but I was reading that he wanted to do the the Zali. Is that what you're calling it, the Zali? Um, he wanted to do it in what? <laughs> no, I've I've only say it because I, I, cinematographers hate it when you when you call it a Zali. They fucking hate oh, it. Oh, oh, I don't know. I have no idea. Well, what did Hitchcock it? call it? Uh, I just think they called it the vertigo effect shot, you know? Like, okay, yeah. all right. That's yeah, the first I've, heard, I've definitely heard the vertigo effect shot. Okay, so anyway, um, I think it's awesome. I love the way it's done. Um, but I was reading that he really wanted to do that for the birds and they were, tr- they tried a couple of different times while they were filming the birds and they couldn't get it. And so he was really excited to use it for this film because ah. they finally got it. I think that That's was, cool. it was Rebecca, right? I think it was Rebecca because birds came out after this. Oh, well then maybe, it, really? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Cause there's, um, yeah, there's, there's, cause Rebecca, the, the, the house is like up on a cliff and everything. And I think they wanted okay. to try to get that same effect for that. Uh, okay. It's been a while since I've seen that, though. Well, anyway, I, yeah, I was reading that he had been trying it for a while, but this was the first film that he like successfully did it, and I I think it looks outstanding. Yeah, it totally works. It's it's a neat it's a neat thing, and it, and it sells that feeling. It was shot in yeah. Vista Vision, so says the opening credits. Well, <laughs> so imagine doing that with really huge cameras, like really really huge cameras. <laughs> yeah, that's what they uh, they shot all like uh, ILM used to shoot all the plates for. Um, all the special effects model shots back in the day. Was it 70 millimeter? It's almost, it's like a fake 70 millimeter. So but 65? It, no, it's actually 35 millimeter, but it's... Oh, it, really? Yeah, it's run through the camera um, horizontally, uh, right to left. Oh, okay, it's and, that one. Yeah, and so instead of doing like a four perf, and okay, so four perf is just the little holes, little sprockets, right, um, yeah. above and below the film frame. So right. a normal 35 millimeter frame, there's only four of those holes, and... And the VistaVision camera that they use for this movie, it's like eight. I think it's an eight perf. So you get a bigger image, and I th- it's close to like 65. I don't think it's exactly 65. Hmm. Yeah. Well, this film goes to eight. <laughs> <laughs> You're eight perf, bro. Yeah. But uh, there have been some IMAX and 70 millimeter prints of this when it was restored. So I bet it looked great. 
I, I man, I didn't get to see it, dude. I was not in L.A. I guess just watch the 4K. The 4K is coming out. They're releasing uh, this Rear Window, uh, Psycho, I think The Birds, all into a nice 4K box set, and that's coming out in September. It's called the Movie Crew Podcast box set. Um, <laughs> all of those films have <laughs> been reviewed. We do commentary tracks for each film. What? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we're, we're just like, uh, we don't really know what's happening here, but it's really crazy and cool. Notice how the colors are changing on his face as it kind of zooms in. His head is floating like it's <laughs> like like he like he's the what's the what's the guy on um, on Pee Wee's Playhouse Zombie Mecca Lecca High Mecca oh, Heine Ho you know <laughs> that was so long ago I don't remember I, I look I just know Pee Wee and the the chair guy Cherry sure whatever okay. it's, yeah the blue <laughs> what it was when he was a blue chair right yes yeah, Cherry should be red with that name all right so we, we're, we're talking about cameras we're talking about the Zolly and everything. Um, my favorite shot in the film is when Kim Novak comes out of the bathroom. She's fully, she's pl- she's Judy. She's playing the character Judy, but she's dressed all up like Madeline. She has got her hair done. She's in the gray suit. She comes she out and a she, force ghost. <laughs> right? <laughs> that is a, a cool effect that he adds that little, like that green, whatever that is over the, the Is that camera. supposed to be his vision? Like is it like that? That's his like it, like like that's her transforming into her. I don't in know. his in his point of view where he's just totally tripping balls. He's just like, oh my god, the look is complete. You know, <laughs> it's her ultimate form. Yeah, something like that, right? Yeah, that's what I got from that. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I like what it's exactly supposed to represent. I don't know, but yeah, that's the meaning I take from it. Yeah, yeah. But that amazing shot, they finally kiss, and you get that 360 around the apartment. And it changes. The, the, like, the, like the location changes to the bell tower. Right. And then it comes back into the room with all the green lighting. I'm like, how the fuck did they do that? It's 1958. What? Yeah, it is totally insane. Like, and, and it's seamless, and it works really well. Did they have motion control cameras? Okay, so I... Ha- I could not find anything about how they made how they, how they made this, but I think that this is all stitched together from rear projection screens that are there's four of them at different angles and they're dollying around these actors with these rear projection screens around them. But it but it doesn't look like it's rear projected. It, it, it's done really well, dude. It well, dude, all the rear projection stuff in this movie I think is pretty badass. Like, yeah, it's it's all really clean. It's pretty solid. It holds up very nice, man, for 1958. But when it cuts w- right before they kiss, that like, you can look at the room. The room has a, a very defined definition and a lighting style. And when it goes into that shot, the background, it's darker, which makes yeah. me think it's rear screen projection. Okay. And I just don't know, like, how else would they have gotten that location switch in that shot? Because there's not a cut. It's one continuous shot, and they change locations, and there it even ends, and like it's just green in the background. Yeah, it's the it's that wall with the sign coming through of the green from the sign outside of her apartment. So that's yeah. the only way I can think that they would have been able to accomplish that. But it is just mind blowingly awesome. Yeah, it is. It is amazing, and it was like a it was a surprise to see it. I mean, Hitchcock's known for coming up with some crazy camera shit. I mean, hell, even the shot where uh, she's fallen out of the tower and she's landed onto the top of the roof and then we we cut to this like god's eye shot of the of the tower and then at the top left of the frame you see them putting a 
the uh, the, the nuns and and some guy are putting the uh, ladder up to go up, and then you see oh yeah uh, Jimmy Stewart exit out of the right side. But it's this really interesting shot. Uh, I was like, wow, that's just so fucking cool. Is, is is that the priest that's going up there to give her like her last rites or something? I think, or he's just run, he's just going up there to check on her. It's the first time a body, you know, someone's gone up there. Yeah, you know, there's che- checking on the body. And then to give her the last rites. You know? Oh yeah, obviously he did that. I mean, we can just you know, he's like, oh, he's like, he's like, guys, one, one second, I gotta do my thing. I mean, you know, like, ah. if it was he's the like, exorcist, ah. that's what they would do. <laughs> he's like, ah, I left my book back in. Uh, uh, Christian, could you go down and pick that up for me? <laughs> yeah, I'll stand around waiting. So the last scene with the nun, what does she say? Like, it doesn't make sense. And then, you know, Judy jumps. But what is what What was the nun there? Like, oh, I mean, she said she said oh, she, she was. No, she was up there checking. Uh, she heard the commotion and she was coming up to check on it. She said something about, oh, there are people up here. Or whatever, there is a commotion or something. Like she, she was just, you know, there, there's a commotion. She was just checking on it. Oh, okay. She was doing fire watch. <laughs> it, it, that whole bit with the nun just seems so strange to me, and I know that it was just for a minute to, you know, let Judy, you know, get her escape plan figured well, out. But well, do you think that do you think that she saw and she thought it was the other woman who was murdered coming after her like a ghost? Maybe. Out of the shadows that like scared her and made her run out the window. That's definitely possible. I didn't get any sort of friendly vibes from the nun at all. And again, I if I was in that situation, I would totally jump because it's just a matter of time before Jimmy Stewart kills her. But <laughs> yeah, the nun like kind of freaked me out, and I was like, "Here's my ghost story again." <laughs> Got to take that last of the Mohegans leap of faith. I don't know. It, it's it reads really weird. Like <laughs> at the end, like it seems like Jimmy Stewart. Like he says he loves her, and she runs to him, and they kiss. She's she's trying to tell him like, oh, you know, let's let's go back. We can we can make this work, and and we can be in love. And they they kiss again, and he's like, no. And I don't know. It is weird how the nun kind of like how she steps out of the shadows. Yeah, it is like what is that supposed to be? Is that supposed to be like uh, you know like a, a piece of her can't deal with it it's some of her guilt about killing you know being an accessory to this murder i don't know man it it, it reads very bizarre i don't know i mean the not i now that we're talking about this i have questions about how they were all allowed up on the bell tower in the first place because in order to plan something that elaborate somebody had to know one of the nuns to know that either they don't monitor the bell tower or one of the nuns was like, hey, go up during this time and I will make sure that the coast is clear for you to murder your wife. And yeah. so maybe that, I I don't know, maybe the nun was kind of in on it. Yeah, I don't get how they snuck out. Like, like you know, they're up there waiting, uh, you know, and dude throws the girl out of the window or whatever, and then they go, they go back down and get away. But how do they miss all the people running to, you know, well, that shot it's just, it's you were just talking weird about, timing. that that wide shot where they're they're getting that just the body. Shows Stuart leaving. Yeah, it sh- yeah, well, it shows Stuart leaving and it shows them collecting the body, right? Nobody's at right. the bell tower at that moment. Right. You know? Yeah, but they would have had to escape. No, he's right. There has to, one of the nuns had to be on the inside. Maybe had to be. What? that Yeah. <laughs> this is a conspiracy actually. Now that we're you heard on it here this. first. <laughs> <laughs> it's the nuns. No, because Look, the husband is up there with 
with Judy in disguise as Madeline, you can't just walk out with the <laughs> she new should have said, she should have said, Madeline. She should have said, oh, do you guys need the Belfry again this weekend? Yeah, that's, uh, that's why I was saying, like, she said something really weird. We're like, oh, you guys are here. <laughs> Or like, welcome back. Or like, I don't know. Like, she didn't say welcome back. But she said something like super weird. No, I think she was in on it. She, no, she, she, said, she said something like, uh, I, oh, I thought, I thought there was a commotion going on. Or oh, okay. I don't remember the exact line, but it was something to that effect. Probably code or something. None code. None code. <laughs> None codes are always, you know, harsh. She's like ready for her second paycheck to help dispose of this one. <laughs> You're going to have to double my fee this time. <laughs> You got to give me 12 oh hilarious. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like this needs to be written into the same universe as like a Sister Act sequel or, so, or, or something. Oh, man. <laughs> Sister Mary Clarence. You know, she's in on it. <laughs> it rem- did you guys ever watch Pushing Daisies? That oh, yeah. Whole, oh, when yeah. They go oh, yeah. Nuns and they have the nuns with the secret like mushroom yeah. truffle ring or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I love same, that show. It's the same place. These nuns are not like real nuns. I love the narration on that show by this guy named Jim Dale. He's he's so it's so good. I just yeah. love the whimsical feel of that show. It's honestly the most perfect show ever. I can't believe they canceled it. Well, the writer strike killed it. I mean, I understand that, but like you can bring it back. I don't understand. <laughs> Netflix, <Yeah>. do it. <laughs> Amazon, come on, somebody pick up the slack here. <laughs> that was a while ago, though, right? Yeah, it was. It's too long ago. What are you saying? Everybody's too old now. Yeah, everybody's too fucking old, Brian. It's done. You're all a bunch of Jimmy Stewarts. <laughs> Didn't matter to him though. Hitchcock did blame the uh, the poor box office for, um, on him. Yeah, um, well, really, not so much on Jimmy Stewart. Um, just the age difference between Kim Novak and and Jimmy Stewart, because I think she was like 24 and he was 50 or 51, somewhere around there. Well, I thought the same thing in Rear Window. Honestly, I think. Um, Jared, maybe you said this. Yeah. Uh, it kind of. Yeah, it was weird. Like this is like his character in Rear Window. Let's hope Grace Kelly left him and came to her senses. And um, this is what would have happened to him. He would be like, "Well, I'll just move across the country, and you know, because his friend was a police detective or whatever there, and he's like, I'll just hook him up." And 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 this is the continuation of his life, his bad life. <laughs> okay, wait. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Um, I did have a question though um, about Midge. How did he know Midge? Because for some reason, I had it in my head that they went to college together, but then like yeah. he's way too old for that. So how did they meet? Well, yeah, that's that's what they said. They, they were that's, a, that's what they say, yeah. They were engaged okay, in college. That engaged in college because she She he was probably her teacher or something. Okay. <laughs> Stuart for the creep went again. <laughs> he, he he was teaching criminal studies or some shit. Like, and she's like staying after class, and you know he, he's like he's like I, fi- I find your glasses very very attractive. Well, I didn't find those glasses attractive, man. Her first apartment scene, dude, like the second scene in the movie, you can oh, see no, so man. many lights, bro, in those glasses. I, you know, I I, I I was I was seeing the the light reflections in the glasses, and I was also seeing how in her. Close up, she would have to have her head her head tilted forward a little bit, yep. and she was purposefully doing that because of the light. And um, I like that though. I, I, I like that as that. well. Uh, yeah, I know it, it was noticeable. Uh, that's what she was doing. But I did like the glasses on her. I thought that was nice. Um, 
I don't know. I like the librarian look. I, I think it was good. Yeah, she's super cute. I don't know how you didn't like her look, man. Totes yeah, goats. I just didn't like the the lights and the glasses. Bro, it is the bane of all of all filmmakers, but also at that time, the 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 amount of light they had to have to get the exposure of what they're trying to do. There there are massive lights all over those sets. Okay, so it, it's 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 only problematic for me because this movie is like so motif fucking heavy with reflections and mirrors and like doubles and doppelgangers. So like when you have a reflective surface like your glasses and I'm watching it for the second or third time. That's all you're looking at. Yeah. I'm looking at yeah. all the reflective surfaces like what did I miss? What did I miss? Because you know, I you, you don't really realize it until like the, the necklace reveal when Kim Novak or when Judy puts on the necklace. Yeah. And it's revealed in the mirror and it's like, oh that's when it snapped for me, like, oh my God, like there's so many reflections in this movie. <laughs> so many like like you know when she's going to pick up the the flowers there's that weird shot where he's like spying through the crack in the door and you can see yeah. Kim Novak and that again like fucking green mirror yeah. why is the mirror green I don't know because Hitchcock loves green he, green yeah. is green's one green, of his favorite colors just you know which is exactly why um, M Night Shyamalan does the red thing I mean it's just that's just how it is I think considering how much green there is in this it works really really well like it's not with the exception of her apartment scene where it has the green light it's i don't think it's necessarily distracting i think it all reads i don't know i, I kind of like it i i think it's nice and it's especially a nice contrast to everyone else in the movie who has like normal bright happy colors and then it's just like kind of green just kind of surrounds jimmy stewart and his quest to find Madeline who doesn't exist. And the green looks really good with the way, the way that this film looks like the color tones of this particular film stock that they're using in the time and the lenses and everything. The greens really pop yeah. and, and, and so does his makeup. He, he's wearing a lot of makeup in this one and you actually see it in his hair, in his hairline, yeah. his, his, his makeup, which is kind of thick at times. Okay. Was that make, was that makeup there or were they, yeah. did they put a hair appliance Okay, there is one close-up shot where I thought I saw the webbing of a, of a, of a hairpiece. Yeah, and that's... I was, I was looking at it going, hmm. I, I mean, it could that be too. both, you guys. Could be what? both. Oh, yeah, yeah. Could be both. Yeah, but definitely toward the end of the movie, it felt like he was wearing a lot more makeup, and, and, and in his hairline, I could see makeup, and I was like, ooh, this is kind of crazy. But, but yet again, we're looking at this. Uh, I don't know. I was watching the iTunes rip, and I'm sure it was at least HD. So I don't know if these movies were really meant to be seen like that. Bro, 70 millimeter prints were made. <laughs> oh, yeah, what I'm sorry. I'm about? sorry. The, you know, the the script supervisor should have been over there going, well, you know, uh, we are shooting on this really large format. We're probably going to see all this detail. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, we got we to gotta cover up this, uh, this orange makeup on this guy's face. I mean, most likely someone was like, listen, you can probably see all this detail, but we'll be dead by then, so who cares? <laughs> no doubt. Oh, uh, we talked uh, briefly about uh, Vera Miles on the, uh, the the Birds podcast, and um, this was the film on that podcast where I was talking. She was originally scheduled, and she got pregnant. This was mm. it was Vertigo. Mm -hmm. This was the movie, um, and Kim Novak was very quickly cast. And Hitchcock has come out, and he did not care much for Kim Novak. This is their only movie they ever made together which is rare. Most of the actresses that he worked with, he did at least two or three, sometimes four movies. What do, what do you guys think of Kim Novak? Uh, 
is that just like Hitch bringing his own personal experiences into his evaluation of her performance, or do you think she sucks? Or well, I'll go first. Um, I <laughs> again, I don't. Okay, all right. I guess it depends on the motivations because, like I said, I don't buy that she's in love with him. I think it's all kind of an act, and I think she's basically terrified of him. And so, if the goal for this movie was for her to be a woman in love. No, she's a terrible actress. Um, I, I didn't get that in the slightest. The way I'm interpreting it is brilliant. Uh, and from what I understand, Kim argued a lot with people and didn't want to do things certain ways. And so I can see why, at least just from that alone, Hitchcock wouldn't want to work with her. Because, I mean, if you're a great director and the talent cooperates, you should be able to pull out a performance, right? Yeah, that's true. It is true. I don't know anything about her um, relationship with Hitchcock or any of the stuff that happened behind the scenes, uh, but I, I think she did a good job. I, I don't think she stood out as being bad. Hell, I mean, the acting in The Birds was way worse. Agreed. I mean, you know, if you want to talk about bad acting, let's let's pull that film up again, and then we can start walking through that and being like, ah, what the fuck's fairly happening here? <laughs> I, th- I think I think all of these scenes sell pretty well, and I mean she's she's playing two characters, and she they they have definite differences. I mean hell, when she's the um, the first time going through, and she's wanting to kill herself, and she's playing this really deranged, weird girl who's kind of ghostly. There's like a scene where they're in some trees, and she fucking disappears, and it feels like oh my god, are we are we going into a ghost movie? Because oh, yeah. we're kind of like looking around, and it gets suspenseful out of nowhere, and. And then she's just there leaning against the tree, you know, life is so weird, bro. You should eat these mushrooms, you know. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see that version. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, it's just weird. You know, there's, it's just weird how the, there, there's those weird, creepy moments in the movie where, where Hitchcock is, is playing with. He's like, oh, yeah, remember how I know how to make suspense? Yeah, here it is. Get that suspense. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Am I wrong? I, <laughs> I think him is really good at all the creepy moments. And I think she's really good at using kind of uh, like her body language. Like it's not just like, she's not just reciting the words. And I, I love her as Judy. I think that's outsta- outstanding. Yeah, She actually gets to act. She's not just a solemn, crazy person. Right. And I think, yeah. And that's the only, if the goal for this was for her to be a hundred percent in love with him in the first half of the movie, I mean, I don't buy that, but also I don't really think that's what's happening when you look at kind of the whole, her whole character arc. I don't, I just don't buy it. She's trying to make it out alive. She's like trying to play all the angles. You know, okay, so there's this thing and everyone does this when they think that they're like, they don't want to be wrong. And so like, no one wants to be like, oh, I like, I kind of fell for this crazy guy. And so you sit there and (laughs) rationalize it and you sit there (laughs) and I think that's what she's doing through like the middle of the movie and she's like well I can make this work and I can just if I just change these few things he'll go back to being normal except he was never normal and that's not how it works and so I mean I kind of like but looking at it from like a modern perspective like that's I think it makes perfect sense and I think it's brilliant I don't know if that's what Hitchcock was doing like was Hitchcock trying to tell a love story no I, I think he was just trying to mirror like <laughs> it's so much about mirrors and doppelgangers I think he was just trying to like he, he was tr- trying to mirror when she's writing that note right and she says she's falling in love she's falling in love with a version of Jimmy Stewart that loves somebody else right you know yeah. like because she's playing a lie 
you know her well, whole yeah. per- it's a performance you know I think that, yeah yeah actually that now that we're talking about this and i'm talking through this you know Ma- the whole point of madeline is that she's not she's playing a, a part and yeah. so she doesn't want to say anything and she doesn't want to do anything because her role is to make this guy think that she wants to kill herself and right. so yes. how can <laughs> how can you really like she can't be herself and that also lends itself to her really stiff performance which i think is part of the character like i like right. that her performance is so stiff you know i think that's part of it this is my second favorite hitchcock blonde after grace kelly I love Kim Novak so much. I love this performance. I think it's great. I just, oh my god, oh my god, and she's so beautiful. Oh my god, yeah. not as beautiful as Grace Kelly, but she, oh, just like her, the her face is so interesting. You know, it's it's yeah. so yeah. photogenic and like oh, just not a bad angle. Uh, you just can't yeah. photograph. She her lights that. up. The light loves her. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna. Okay, like honestly, the only thing I don't like about Kim Novak is her eyebrows. I really wish they had a better makeup artist on set. It bothered oh, me the yeah. whole movie. Her very clown makeup eyebrows. No, I yeah. think it makes her <laughs> eyes stand out a little. Like with the, the that eye shadow, it makes her eyes look a little sunken in, and like at the same time, it it draws attention to them. I don't know. I think it kind of works. Yeah, um, but the but with the like the Bob Ross paintbrush eyebrows. Yeah. You know. Her yeah. eyes are gorgeous. Her <laughs> eyes are be- she's beautiful and her eyes are beautiful and you don't need that weird yeah, it's like clown <laughs> eyebrows. Like you don't need that. Th- I'm telling you that first time when we see her as uh oh, what's the second girl? Judy. 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 I-, I was thinking Julie. Uh, anyways, <laughs> um <laughs> uh her her clown mouth makeup is is really distracting. <laughs> you should you should really Pull that up if if you're listening and, and look at yeah, that. Yeah, I actually like you, when we were rewatching the trailer, because uh, it shows the first scene where she's like naked in bed, and I was like, oh, her eyebrows are normal. Like, yeah, yeah, so everything terrible. is, everything's more streamlined there yeah. And, and, yeah. and like glamorous, and then everything about Judy, Julie, Judy, Judy. Uh, why, why am I fucking that up? Anyways, uh, <laughs> everything about her is like is like big. Even her, like her, her personality, and and she's you know she's quick to you know he, he asks her to do something. She's like, why do you want me to do that? Or like you know she she's she's quick to have a, a you know a retort on it. So it's a definite character change. I, I think she did a damn good job. Yeah, I think so too. Oh yeah, I, I, I love her as Judy. I mean, because you know when she writes a letter and she gives away the whole plot, you know what she did and everything. It it, yeah. it really doesn't matter because the scenes work without you even knowing that. You know, but like I said, it, it would be a different movie because you you'd still be guessing the yeah, whole way, would. and then and then it would feel like just like a you know M Night Shyamalan twist at the end, uh, like ah, <laughs> it was me the whole time. <laughs> uh, I read somewhere that Hitchcock couldn't decide on that scene where she writes the letter, and he kept taking it out and putting it back in, and it was. One of the executives, I think, at the studio that was like, right before he released it, was like, no, put the scene back in. Oh, yeah. It was like his associate producer or something like that. Yeah. Something that like worked that, with yeah. Him. yeah. Just shoot it. We won't use it. I don't know. I've heard like different <laughs> different stories on that. You, know? you don't buy it? You don't buy it? No, well, it's just like I've heard like different people say different things. It's one of those like when you make something that's considered a masterpiece, I don't know, creative genius has a lot of authors, right? You know? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people willing to take credit for uh, great ideas. Okay. So who knows? Um, you know, I, don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot of amazing things. Like, oh, okay, we didn't talk about the opening credit sequence, the title sequence in the film. Saul Bass about did the, with this. With the lips? 
the well, close-up, right? Yeah, yeah close-up with the lips and then the, the really bad freeze frame, and then it It is not on. bad, dude. This is one of the best <laughs> fucking opening credit sequences of all time, dude. What are you talking about? It feels, it feels like a James Bond opening, which is kind of cool. Um, Before it, James um, Bond existed. I know. I'm just saying, which is really cool. I think it's great, but there is a really bad freeze frame in there, Brian, and you can't say there isn't. Well, I mean, come on, dude. Like, what, what did you want him to I do I get it. I get it. I get it. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of really bad like shots in this movie where it comes in, and, and for some reason, it's it's really badly out of focus, and it's a little dimmer. It makes me think that it has to do something with the effects layering that they're trying to do sometimes. Well, I mean, just some of the shots, dude, are just like, <clears throat> they look simple, but I mean, like, imagine having to pull focus on some of that shit, dude. Oh, dude, I, I, can't, I can't imagine, but there's also really amazing shots. There's like a shot uh, <laughs> later in the movie where there's all these arches. And lights coming through them, and we're in this like kind of like a, a long shot of that, and then it like pans to the right, and then you see a house off in the distance, like it kind of like or a building. It's like an establishing sh- shot. I wish I could remember exactly where it was in the movie, but they they were like, oh wow, that's really pretty. Uh, there there's some there's some really nice stuff, you know, as well. So you get to see you get to see Hitchcock's eye a lot in this. He never looked behind the viewfinder of the camera. Really? Yeah, never. He would just always sit. You know. Kind of like he wouldn't, he wouldn't even sit close to the camera either. He would sit far away and would just use his storyboards. I'm sure you're getting it. No worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, hell, uh, what a, a couple of weeks ago, Wahid was talking about how you know they didn't really have playback, and, and I, that, I, I've always known that, but that's a big deal, man. I was just I was thinking, like, you know, how crazy would it be, and how, how much faster we could move on set. If we didn't stop every five seconds to watch playback, well, yeah. If if we if we just say if we just trust everybody and say you know everybody everybody's getting it, so we, we know when we got it, and let's watch maybe the last one. Okay, but, but to this, be fair, these guys had access to the location for an extended amount of time, and they were also watching dailies. Either yeah, dailies was a big deal. You you go shoot yeah. all day long, and then they would develop the film, and then you go back and you have to watch the rushes. And I mean, hell, you basically never get to sleep if you're like on, on above the line crew on a film back in these days, because you're pretty much shooting all day. Uh, then they do a, a you know, and then watching the footage that you shot a day or so ago to see if you got it, and then trying to plan. Okay, we need to pick this shot back up because this didn't work, and and all that. So yeah, it's kind of a it's it's a miracle anything gets done and that things come out as well as they do, especially at this time. Wasn't there, didn't one of you tell a story about how they didn't really cut that much? Like they weren't taking multiple takes and they, like the amount of what, like what they cut from like either the birds or I think it was the birds, maybe Rear Window. Rear window. Oh yeah, that was Rear Window. Yeah, okay, that it wasn't, like like not i guess they weren't watching playback because they didn't have it but they also weren't doing like all of these takes because they used what they got they probably did a lot of rehearsals and then only rolled when they got it you know they're like all right cool so we're ready to get this this down and they you know roll only when they need just to save footage i don't know how they did on this one did they try to keep that same shooting ratio Oh man, see, I don't really know. Um, I I thought that was just a rear window thing because it was all in that set and it was all in that enclosed environment. So Hitchcock just shot yeah. that one in order. But I I do know he has very he's, he's got very few trims, man. Like there there's not a lot of extra stuff. And when he calls cut, it's about a couple seconds left of footage before it, we run out. <laughs> Moving on. When you when you're the best, you know you work with the best, and so you don't need to sit there and. Go over it and over it and over it again. That's true. 
And when you said that, that, that like uh, song from Karate Kid came ahead. <laughs> You're the best around. Nothing's ever going to keep you down. Oh, man. <laughs> My kids would totally jam out to that right now. <laughs> that's, that's, that song is amazing. It's just like, oh, this is epic. I, I'm a badass song. Karate Kid. Oh. <laughs> Movies I did not think would come up during the Vertigo podcast. Uh, Hey man, all movies come from Vertigo, bro. Touche. And like I said, he, he, this movie, even uh, even though I'd never seen it, it still influenced that one shot in a music video I did one time. Look at that. That's right. Yeah. Oh man. Whoa. Whoa. I think we've gone through everything, guys. You guys got anything else? No, oh, man. I think we did a damn good job. We hit our hour. We're at that time in the podcast. We rate this thing. Who's going first? Well, Brian, I guess that long pause means it's my time to speak. Well, somebody needs to um, speak up. Damn it! I know, I know. <laughs> I'm gonna give this. Um, I'm gonna give this movie an 8.5. I, I really like this movie. I, I, I'll probably it'll probably grow even more the more I watch it. Um, this has been one of the most interesting months we've done in a long time because it, it's a bunch of movies that I've never seen before. So it's kind of like wow, I get actually to find some new stuff. And it's been a long time since that's happened. Um, Alfred Hitchcock continues to surprise me. I, I, you know, all of his movies are way different than I expected they would be, and I'm, I'm learning to like them more and more. And but I also do believe that, it, it, as with any older film, you really need to kind of watch it multiple times. And I think Hitchcock films are worth watching multiple times because you kind of catch more because he he is an actual intentional director. He's actually, like you say, he's actually using storyboards and stuff like that. So it's actually, as a filmmaker or a film lover, it, it gives you a lot of real estate to look at and you know they're I will say I mean I, f- I feel their length at times like like especially in this one for, th- there were times where I was watching and then I'd kind of pause it for a second and see where I was and wow man only 20 minutes has gone by but they're, they're throwing a lot at you though so I don't know man I, I think this movie is really cool it's visually appealing uh, the, the characters are crazy there were moments in there where I was like what the fuck is going on I can't believe this is coming from the 50s uh, you know with all the crazy colors and animation and flashing and I was like man I'm glad I don't have epilepsy but um <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe this is how they found out like you know people had epilepsy it was like oh shit don't go to vertigo oh. <laughs> you'll trip out <laughs> but anyways yeah man fun fun movie i can't wait for the next one apparently next week's gonna be even better uh well it'll actually be fun I, you know, is this a fun movie you get do you guys consider this is this fun i did i i had fun watching it uh, like because there was just so much you know, camera porn and, and just cool stuff in it as far as from the time. I don't really watch movies from this era. This is kind of a cool thing for me to, to see these. You know, like, uh, I just, I don't, oh man, I don't know. I just. <laughs> look at you, look at you meandering around. I don't know. I, it's got to be a four. It's got to be no, a five. No, I'm just saying, uh, like, I don't know if it's like, uh, <laughs> rewatch. I don't rewatch. Rewatchable? Yeah, I don't rewatch this one a lot, man. I really don't. I, I really, really enjoy it, but I, yeah, I don't rewatch it a lot. Do you guys think you're going to. Go back and revisit this a lot? I don't know. Is this Halloween 6 for you? <laughs> what? No, what? <laughs> no, I I mean, are, are you guys going to see this again anytime soon? Probably not, Brian. But I mean, like, I would tell somebody to watch this over watching the birds. Oh, I feel like Kristen's uh, got to go now. <laughs> She's putting on, her, putting on her boxing gloves right now. So, oh, oh, you need help lacing those up? Come out swinging. All right, hold on. Look, you can't compare this to the birds. Hold on. This is not. <laughs> That's a rule, Jared. We don't compare. 
She's actually right. You know, she's calling you out on your rule. Wow. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Uh, that being said, I love this movie. I think it was a lot of fun, and I'm still a little disappointed that there wasn't like a ghost possession haunting thing, but that's yeah, okay. I get that. Uh, the costumes are great. Uh, from yeah. And you get such a wide range from everybody. They're, all of the characters have their own thing going on, and it's really you can see it through the costumes you can see it through the production uh design like every everything everything and it's so colorful like honestly i didn't know san francisco could look like that like i remember yeah. at one point i was like where are they because i just didn't even recognize the city uh i i think it just it shows it in such a really great light and it's not like a you know standard touristy kind of thing um all of the psychological mess that's going on is so interesting to <laughs> to watch and honestly like yeah it's kind of a horror thing and maybe I can add this to my Halloween lineup because this is terrifying I would hate to be Kim Novak in this situation <laughs> no shit <laughs> uh, and Jimmy Stewart is kind of a really great villain I actually really okay so my intention was to like not hate Jimmy Stewart and I don't hate him in this because he it's so obvious, I think, I hope, I hope that it's obvious that he's a villain in this and I can always like enjoy a really great villain. And I think that he's so good at what he's at being a creep. Um, yeah, I just, uh, so I would give it, I would give it a nine because you have all of the amazing Hitchcock elements so yes, you can rewatch it over and over and over again, but also I really like the story and I love the characters and I love how complex everyone is. And actually, yeah, I'm going to kind of echo, I think Jared said this, Jared, uh, the, that this was happening in the 50s. Like that, this is amazing. I feel like this could hold up now. Like this could come out in theaters tomorrow and I would just be blown away. There would they would probably like put in more dialogue and more explosions and it would be boring and I wouldn't actually watch it if it came out now. <laughs> yeah, but <that's> true. <laughs> there's so much going on that you pay attention to in this and I'm actually really excited to rewatch it. So wait, what was your rating? Oh, a nine. I gave it a nine. 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 Uh, guys, I, I'm going to give this a 10, um, but if I could give it more than a 10, I would. Uh, this is one of those films that I, I hate this movie kind of in a way. I bet say you sound so reluctant to give this a ten. You're like, no, all right. It, it, it makes me. It's a ten. It makes me feel <sighs> bad as an artist because I think this captures like, like uh, loss and obsession in terms of an emotion better than any other film. The plot is kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't really give a fuck about it. Is the weird thing. It's just, it's this emotion, this drive recreating somebody that died and this like I don't know this real perverted necrophilia kind of undertone that's kind of going on throughout this one movie like I want to fuck this dead woman and it's really well, weird he's not like, trying to fuck the dead woman he's trying to fuck the image of the dead woman but it's such a beautiful right? way that they portray it okay I mean it's 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 just so bizarre like okay like most guys want to take the woman's clothes off Jimmy's Stewart and this like he just wants to put all the clothes on and get everything on and then like when she comes out of that bathroom fully clothed that's when he is like oh man I am oh, Randy yeah. baby I, like, 
It is like he can't even go. touch Judy before that moment, right? Like he's in love with her. He's in love with a this image of a dead person, which is well okay. Up. But even even if Madeline was alive, I he's not in love with her. He because he falls in love with her when he sees her just. But walk that's not past. his fault. That he's. He's, no, that's it, his fault. No, he's, that's not his fault. He's it, that's his kind. Like it, he's he's a victim in the first part. Um, we don't know that when we're watching it, but he's being kind. He's being grifted okay. by two people. Look, hold on, hold on. He is being kind, and if he took two seconds to use his little brain and ask questions, he would realize that. But instead, no, he's he thinks like, he's oh my in God, love, you're right? Beautiful, I love you. Yeah. He doesn't bother to talk to her. He just takes her clothes off. In his apartment. Well, no, hold up, hold up. No, 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 that's not fair because he's he's actually trying. Okay, so the movie switches from that supernatural, like after the grave uh, sequence, after that first day, it switches from supernatural to I need to help you because I think there's something in your past. And he keeps trying to, like, figure out what her nightmare is, you know? And he he wants to, like, put this nightmare together. And he it's kind of leading you down the, the path of thinking that maybe she had some kind of trauma, uh, some kind of trauma. Or traumatic event at this Spanish mission, you know? And he's, like, trying to get her to remember, but, you know, th- they keep leaning on this, no, I have to m- commit suicide, and it's, is it that, or is it supernatural? And, of course, it's neither. It's just a con. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't feel sorry for him. He's not in love with her as a person. He's in love with an idea, and he has been the whole time. Exactly, in the second half, and that's what's so brilliant. Well, in the first half, too. Well, but you... You don't know that the first time you're watching the movie that he's in love with an idea, you know, like, like there, there are some red flags. He, he could be trying ladies. to actually want to help like this woman. Ladies, for a second, ladies, if a man acts like Jimmy Stewart, please do not like he's not in love with you. <laughs> please don't do that. I mean, he's got some scumbag morals, for, especially for 58. Like he, this is a married woman and he's like totally like making out with her on day woman. three. It's his friend's wife. It's his friend's <laughs> yeah, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, there's questionable morals that Stuart has. I'd say that's not really a friend. <laughs> but this is like obsession, um, the emotion nailed to a T. Um, I don't think you're ever going to get this better in film. And, and, you know, that's why they call it Hitchcock's masterpiece. It, oh, man, it it is, it's, it is such a weird movie, and it's one I keep going back to. And I really can't 100% put my finger on... Because, you know, and it's not it's not my favorite movie. It's not the one I enjoy the most. I think that's either Psycho or North by Northwest. But this is this is such a good film. It should be like a a, a, it's 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 a hundred, man, on on a scale of one to ten. It just it just blows it out. Is it the best movie ever made? I don't know what you know. Is it the top ten? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, Brian, I'll give it a nine. No, you don't have to raise your rating. I don't like giving movies a 10 because I feel like they have to be perfect. And like, honestly, I'm not sure exactly what I would change here, which is unusual because normally I can exactly tell you what I would change. (laughs) But yeah, no, I mean, this is, this is an outstanding film. It it is. And you know, you know, you got me thinking because uh, normally I give uh, things a a 10 because I, I guess I grew up with it and 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 it had like a real big emotional feeling but uh you know maybe now since my like soul is dead and shit and i'm jaded and you know filmmaker and stuff i'm like eh, this great movie's an 8.5 <laughs> no this is <laughs> okay it's like i have a theory when you watch a great movie 
it's yeah. it's never a ten. You're trying to find the greatness, but, yeah. You're you know, to find because the greatness. well, great movies don't do what you want them to do, and that's why they're great. They give you something that is really <laughs> original and something that's unexpected, or it's done in an unexpected way. Yeah, and it, they don't give you what you want; they give you what you exactly, need. Exactly right. It takes you a while to process <laughs> that as an individual. Okay, I'll take it, Brian. I'll take what I need. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it a nine. Oh wait, uh, you that's know how what? I feel about we'll the dark night, bro. You know, still, you know, I understand. <laughs> oh, I, still, I have to keep it a nine. I know what I would change, and it's her makeup. It's the eyebrow, especially the eyebrow. Oh man, her clown makeup the eyebrow. is bad. And I didn't necessarily notice the. Li- I I feel like I might have. I'm gonna send you a picture in a minute. But I wasn't paying as much attention to that. But yeah, no, I would change the makeup in this. That's so nine. I'll give it a nine point five. But see, I'm Christian, just... I, I I don't know. I agree with your earlier statement where you were talking about how she looks so dead and pale. No, like I think. I, well, I think that accentuates you know that feature on her face, and I I I'll agree maybe with your earlier they, statement more than your latter. Maybe okay, hold on. Maybe they switched <laughs> makeup artists like halfway through the movie. And maybe they did it on purpose. They were like, let's get a different feeling. Yeah, maybe they did because it was impossible for part of it. And it's almost, yeah, maybe it was done on purpose because it's almost like it's, it is Hitchcock and you do expect it to be perfect. And so it's like, why does she look like that? (laughs) (laughs) Hitch, you done fucked up on those eyebrows. God (laughs) damn it. Well, maybe, I mean, maybe there's, a reason maybe she's from kansas and say i've never been to kansas that's how they do it in kansas maybe that's how they do it in kansas i don't know (laughs) those eyebrows all done up caterpillars i don't know what's going on here no man they're 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 wide sharpies well maybe (laughs) they're trying to portray that like she's this country girl and doesn't know how to do her makeup, and or maybe that's what she looks like naturally. I don't know. No, no that's I so think much that, yeah, I think that is what they're trying to do with Judy's character. Yeah, it's bad. I hate. They're it. making her drastically different. She she's the bigger. She's you know she's, she's real. already drastically different. And honestly, I think it would have been really interesting if they had kept some of the same look because Kim's acting just alone the acting and they changed her clothing and they changed like a lot they changed a lot they changed everything but like just Kim's acting is so different that like at first I was like why is he harassing this girl and why is she putting up with <laughs> right? but I think that's why yeah, right because so she weird. does yeah. like so different I remember watching this for the first time because thinking like why is he following this one woman like what yeah, the fuck I, I didn't is going know on? that was the same actress that when I first watched it I, I, I didn't I had no idea yeah and, I didn't uh, know it was the they, same actress either sold. It sold so well uh, that I agree with you, Brian. They shouldn't have put that in the trailer because it's such a it's such a good it's such a good turn. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they they kind of fuck up and, and give a, give it away. Well, even when they said it in the trailer that it was the same actress, I I was first of all floored when I saw that in the trailer, but second of all, I still thought it was like one of those myth things where she just happens to look like the dead girl and it wasn't actually right. her like i didn't get that it was a con until she they says didn't... it's a con you know okay it may it may it may be a 10 fuck anyways <laughs> i'm gonna stick with the nine um but the more we talk about it it's gonna keep going up and, and i just i just think we need to stop it now brian that's right before we have animated nightmares flowers oh, i have those anyways oh yeah, wow. If I had nightmares like that, I mean, would they even be nightmares at that point? I think those dreams looked really cool. And I was always like, 
why don't I have dreams like that? Like, am I not doing enough mushrooms? Like, what's the problem that I had to have like weird, normal dreams? Like they're not like, I'm not, I don't have like vertigo dreams. Got to start doing more psilocybin mushrooms. You definitely Clearly. get epilepsy during those fucking dreams. I mean, I don't have that problem normally, so. I don't know. I, I almost started shaking after like, there's so many flashing, like, it's just like oh, dude, green, there, there was... red, green, red, blue, yeah, it was, uh, green, red, green, It was red. fucking with me a little bit. Like, I was a little like, ooh. It kind of made yeah. me want to watch Clockwork Orange. <laughs> I see that. I totally see that. <laughs> oh. Oh no! There's one more thing I, I need to say. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I, I can't, I can't, I can't let it go. Top I can't that. let it go. So, okay, when they are going up the Belfry Tower, up the uh, up the stairs, did that not remind you of Batman? Oh yeah, dude. Do you not? That was total homage, right? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. I'd never seen this movie, Brian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was total. Homage. Batman, because I've only seen the like Michael Tim Keaton Burton's one. Batman. Yeah. The end of it when they're going up the belfry and uh, they going. I, I was like, "Holy shit, this is Batman!" <laughs> they even they even have like yeah the bell at the top and he yeah you know, he fights yeah that yeah dude there. I I I was just totally floored at that like that is that image is burned into my brain from a childhood and then when I saw you know of course of course Tim Burton did it way grander but um, when, when I saw it I was just like, "Holy shit, it's Batman." <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Very cool. You're still from, it's a t- you're still from the it's a part. ten. It's it's a ten, Brian. I'm sorry. I told you if we keep talking about it, it's going to go up. So uh, yeah, I agree. Thank with you, you, Tim Burton. You changed this man's <laughs> mind. <laughs> and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Movie Crew podcast. If you guys want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's the Movie Crew. Crew spelled C R E W E extra e at the end of the word crew at gmail.com you guys can follow us on facebook and twitter at movie crew pod and uh you can rate us review us wherever you listen to your podcast jared where can our audience follow you good man brian the audience can follow me on instagram at check the gate and on twitter at jared b callen you can also find me and my other fine podcast Torah stories on apple podcasts there you go listen to that and Kristen. Oh, and before we ask where she can be followed, you guys should definitely follow her because she puts up really cool pictures that are kind of like themed on our episodes. So with that being said, Kristen, where can they follow you? Uh, You can follow me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. You got to figure out how to spell Magdalene, though. But definitely it's follow not- her because <laughs> because she's way cooler on on social media than we are. Uh, it's spelled just like it sounds: M A G D A L E N E. I would have tried a couple different other spellings, but yeah, no, no doubt. <laughs> it's on phonics, kids. All right. It's- yeah, and there's a bunch of different ways to spell Kristen too. I'm just saying, oh, there's, yeah, a Kristen, of, there's a bunch of road, right. there's okay, a bunch like, of there's a bunch of roadblocks. I don't remember that because. Um, it's the correct way, and so... Like, oh, oh it's the correct way, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, what's... How, how do you spell it correctly? Oh, shit, Brian, have you been messing it up? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> Does Kristen Stewart spell it this way? We should, we, we should, we should have had this We should have had she, this I know how she spells her name. If it's not spelled my way, I'm sorry. No, it's not the correct way. So... All right, I'll spell the whole name. Kristen Magdalene, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-M-A-G-D-A-L-E-N-E. And yes, I do dress up like the movies. Uh, Last week I had 
last week was the birds, so I had my fur coat and some crows attacking me. It was amazing. <laughs> if you're interested, <sighs> I, I love that you just happen to have like spare crows nearby. Oh no, she was ready. I don't she know was ready. why this is you did it. Marathon. I mean, look, it's like a personal problem if you don't just keep that lying around. <laughs> Oh, things I need to buy when I'm out next. Uh, oh my gosh, uh, this is the part of the podcast where we play music, and I feel like a um, an asshole for not, never bringing up Bernard Herman, probably the greatest collaboration um, Hitchcock had. Well, I mean, outside of his wife, of course. You know, I'm not. You know, <laughs> let's not get personal. Um, but anyway, this is some. Tr- we haven't even touched on the music. I man, or the editing, really. Well, I mean, the editing's—it speaks for itself. It's cut together great. But the music. What did you guys think of this music, real quick, before we go? I thought it was very musical, Brian. And I think that it really filled the uh, the gaps in the film very well. And uh, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was excellent. Wait, I'm gonna. I don't. <laughs> actually remember the music at all i don't remember the soundtrack at all was there a soundtrack all right okay so there definitely was uh, i'm sorry i'm just gonna cut all this (laughs) out so that's a very valid question because like the last time it was just birds and the time before that it was just like street noises oh there was definitely score this time i don't know oh yeah i remember the score score is amazing this is one of my faves that's why I well, feel so... again because there aren't. Uh, that's why you feel so hurt. So, <laughs> I think I think Brian. In times like this, we need to have a soundboard where you can play parts of it and be like, "In this session, oh. notice that." Uh, yeah, because honestly, I don't really remember it at all. I, I kind of now that we're talking about it, I kind of remember the graveyard. There being music at the graveyard. Here, here, here's the music score. Can you guys hear that? Ooh, the little triangle. Yeah, there you go. Right. I would like to retract my previous statement. The music score is perfect. I love it. <laughs> no, it's very powerful and strong. It's eerie. It's very of its time. It feels like it's from its time. Kind of has that Wizard of Oz score sound. Yeah, it's amazing. I like the nightmare stuff. All right, so yeah, yeah, Brian, it's great score. It's per- it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's perfect. It makes me want to bump it up to a ten. There you go. Oh, my God, Brian. If we just all keep talking about it, we're going to get to a 10. Holy shit. (laughs) All right. uh, I think that's our cue. We're going to be playing track number one, Prelude and Rooftop. Enjoy.
Welcome to the pot. Oh my gosh, I am blowing myself out here. Sorry, somebody's got to blow you, Brian. Uh. <laughs> womp womp womp. <laughs> Don't put that in there. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff to be included in the after eat. 